Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio Wednesdays at 5pm for Brainwaves, Melbourne's drive-time radio show, giving voice to people with mental illness. One in five have a mental illness, but five in five can enjoy this great program, featuring heartwarming stories, great information and some laughs as well. Find us at 3CR, 8.55 on your AM dial. Sponsored by Mental Illness Fellowship of Victoria. Hello listeners and welcome back to another episode of Brainwaves on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55am on your dial. Uh, my name is Tu and today on the show, Chiara and Kathy will be interviewing Carlo LaRuccia. Carlo is a, a mental health and recovery expert, as we just discussed, um, and today on the show, Carlo will be talking about his lived experience of mental health and recovery and human connection. So welcome, Carlo. Um, Thank you. Uh, can you tell us about the mental health challenges that you've experienced and what you were diagnosed with? Yeah, sure. Um, when it comes to mental health, my mental health challenges, I, I guess I've had um, an experience of one with a lot, um, from the kind of mild to the quite extreme. And um, over, uh, I guess, over the, the period of time where my um, symptoms um, uh, started coming on, I... Um, I had uh, a, a, a wide spectrum from um, panic attacks um, to heart palpitations to um, a whole range of um, physiological effects like IBS symptoms, um, sweatiness. Um, that was sort of some of the, the mild um, uh, things that had occurred to me. And um, I, I basically, um, from there, I, I went on and... Um, discovered that uh, I was carrying a, a quite a high level of, of anxiety um, and that had um, probably been building up for a few years but I, I wasn't really aware of it um, I was uh, getting um, I, I was getting heart um, monitored and ECG tests and and, and quite a, a lot of serious um, scans to see if my heart was okay and it actually it actually was which I thought that was quite strange my heart was really strong yet I was still experiencing these really difficult um, symptoms. Um, I, uh, following on from that, uh, I also, uh, experienced a, a, quite a, a devastating, um, period of time with depression and, uh, that was a very, a very flat, helpless, hopeless, um, state. I lost all ability to, to connect with life and, and who I was and, 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 and what was going on, uh, with me at the time. I, um, uh, I also uh, experienced, um, this is one of the more extreme parts of, of mental illness, and uh, it's a condition known as um, paranoid uh, psychosis. And with that uh, condition, I was actually having delusional thoughts, and uh, the delusional thoughts were basically, um, I thought that I was getting harmed, uh, I was going to be get harmed, I was monitored, I was getting bugged, it was this extreme state of hypervigilance. It was the most terrifying experience of my life. And um, I was just frightened. I didn't trust anyone. Um, I'd lost all concept of reality. I lost track of what day it was, what time it was. 
um, I thought I was getting messaged um, through the newspapers, through radio, and um, and also through the television, which is quite bizarre. Given I'm actually on radio um, here today, <laughs> um, so I guess I'm facing uh, that fear. Um, but it was it was a state where my my think my reality had just totally changed, and I was in this state of of just utter fear, and I, I describe as absolute hell on earth. Um, and uh, from from there, I, um, I I unfortunately with the uh, severity of, of my depression, anxiety, and, and, and paranoid psychosis, I actually um, attempted to end my life uh, on a number of occasions, and um, so things got got quite uh, quite severe. Um, following following um, all of that and a, and a period of, of hospitalisation, I um, I then experienced. A, another aspect of, of mental health symptoms known as um, manic behaviour or mania and, um, and that involved, uh, for me it was a, a quite a euphoric um, experience um, I just had an abundance of energy, um, absolute, uh, I could do anything um, and, and I guess I was quite excited that, that I'd survived um, my experiences as well because throughout, uh, for a period of probably five months, um, I basically my home was my my prison, effectively, and I I didn't leave. I uh, didn't leave my home, and um, I also went into this state where I pretty much didn't sleep. And it might sound really like strange, but my whole system was on such hypervigilance that I would lay in bed at night and just lie down and pretend that I was sleeping, um, but uh, yeah, I wasn't. So. Yeah, that's um, that. That was some of my, um, I guess, ex- symptoms, mental health symptoms, um, and um, through all of that, when I um, when I got out of hospital, probably about a month or two after my my the full, I guess, extent of or the expression of my um, state uh, went on, I was I was then diagnosed with um, bipolar affective disorder, type one, and um, that uh, that was a um, that was a really tough uh, diagnosis to receive. And on, on one hand, it was kind of useful to know, um, have some explanation to these really, really extreme um, states of being that I experienced. Um, but it was also scary. And I think it was really scary because of the, uh, having known now that the, the level of stigma attached um, to, to mental illness. Um, but throughout my the last, uh, say, seven years, I've also had other labels thrown around uh, schizoaffective disorder, chronic adjustment disorder, panic disorder, agoraphobia, post-traumatic. So it seems like there's a, there's a, a wide range of, of um, labels that get applied to, to someone's uh, mental health experience. And I I've, I've, guess I've ticked quite a few of them off. So. Mm. Do you found that um, so you were labelled with so many different types of disorders, um, and you um, you said that stigma accounted for five times more emotional pain and trauma than the actual experience themselves. What has been the effect of stigma on your path to recovery? Yeah, look, I, I think um, stigma's really really tough, and I, I've I've kind of been thinking about this. How do how do I talk about stigma? And I I've broken it down into like a pre-diagnosis, diagnosis, and then post-diagnosis um, stage. And with um, with pre-diagnosis, I, the things that I think about is that I don't feel that I was permitted to actually fully express that that part of those parts of my experiences. 
So whether it was anxiety or my paranoid psychosis or depression, it was um, uh, through through no one's um, fault of, of, of their own because um, everyone had you know their best my best interests at, at heart. But it was for me, it felt like um, I, I wasn't I still wasn't good enough even in those uh, experiencing those symptoms, and I had to do something more to 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 get you know to get better. So I wasn't actually okay um, experiencing some of those. Um, those experiences and um, so for me um, I, I guess I felt that um, even when you know uh, doctors uh, were using you know, labels such as chemical imbalances and, and, and things like that it, it just made me feel um, yeah like there was still something more wrong with me as opposed to this is a, a normal human um, emotion and, and um, it's actually okay to experience the full breadth of, um, of, of what I did um, the other, uh, I, I think the other thing for me was, um, uh, and I'll talk a little bit more about this later, but even going to hospital and, and, and having, you know, photographs and, um, and having to fill in forms that say I might be greater, there greater than 60 days and things like that. To me, that felt kind of really, um, yeah, it felt like I was going to prison actually. Um, when I, yeah, when I had the photographs, so it, it, I didn't feel like I was validated, um, and I, I also, in my some hospital experiences, I didn't feel as though um, I was actually a, a full-grown adult with the ability to think and understand and, and listen to what's going on with me. I was just kind of treated as, well, you're just out of it kind of thing. So we won't bother telling you why you're here, what you're doing, what's happening to you. Um, so th- for me, that was, that was some kind of systematic stigma, maybe, um, could be a word for it. Um, and then I think when, when I received my diagnosis of, of bipolar affective disorder, I think what that did for me is that all of the um, collective years and centuries of, of um, treatment of people that have, that have experienced similar conditions sort of was all embodied in that actual label. So to me, that label has a lot of energy and it's actually probably not as helpful as it, it could be. Um, in, in one aspect, and that's the stigma aspect. It's great for having treatment programs and so forth. But from the stigma aspect, it was like, oh, with, you know, how mental illness is treated in, in movies and, and even some advertisements and how it is or in some cases is not spoken about in families, um, it, it, it seemed to be quite, um, uh, quite a big shock. I thought, yeah, I was lucky to survive my ordeal as it was, but I thought my life is, is truly stuffed now um, after receiving this diagnosis. So it was actually quite, uh, it was like it felt I was on the outside of, of, of the community. I was just labelled and put together into this box and, and that's the too hard kind of basket box and you'll be there for the rest of your life kind of thing. Um, and then I think post-diagnosis, I think it's... Um, I think everyone has a different relationship to mental illness depending on if they've known someone with it or not or known someone experienced it or they've experienced it themselves. But I think um, for me, I felt, yeah, a lot of times um, uh, people around me found it really difficult to ask about how I was, how I was going, um, and that would be kind of, that would be something that would occur before. And um, so that that absence of engagement and dialogue probably uh, that was that felt really um isolating as well so i was kind of i'm just this little bit different kind of person and i didn't feel like i really um fit in in my social networks um anymore and 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 also in in the community as well so 
Wow, Carlo, it's, um, it sounds like you've been through quite a range of experiences and thank you so much for being so honest um, about them. I suppose I'd like to know, um, you know, you, you touched on it um, when you were in hospital, but what was your experiences um, with the formal mental health system and what, what was that like? Yeah, I think, um, I think I've had a real mixed bag of experiences as well from, from some really challenging ones to some, some you know, quite, quite positive ones. Um, I, um, my first port of call was, was my GP and, um, my GP, uh, was doing his best, uh, to basically help navigate through, um, through the system and try and understand what was going on. But I think the, the way that the, the system's set up is there's just not enough time available in, in a, in a, in a normal GP's practice to actually... Um, look at that so it was kind of it took a little while to for things to evolve uh to evolve and unfold i um uh i guess i've i've also uh i've, I've just about had every type of medication listed in the um you know the medication uh, dictionary or bible um i've i've been on antidepressants uh sleeping tablets anti-anxiety tablets mood stabilizers and um an antipsychotic tablet so i've had a real kind of exposure and, and an understanding of what um, they did for me and, and some of the tablets were um, they had I, I found it quite challenging with um, with the effects that they had on but other tablets were really really helpful and um, and then at the end of the day helped save my life and so I'm really grateful for the contribution that um, you know that medications had but uh, I would say that you know medication is is for me was was only brought me to a point of, of st- stability I guess and then the real hard work kind of came after that and mm. um uh but a couple of other a couple of other experiences would have been um uh possibly around um accessing the um the psychology services i guess and before my my hospitalization i had a, a real challenge um with um having uh i guess a number of psychologists that weren't really uh able to connect with me and and um they, for whatever reason, um, made me feel worse. Um, one of them actually was had kind of sniggering and laughing uh, in one of my appointments. I had to walk out in the, the first professional. yeah in the first fifteen minutes, and uh, proceeded to want to charge me for the um, for the consultation as well. Um, and another one uh, said that you know I've been doing this for thirty years. I know best. You know, at that stage I was actually petrified. I couldn't actually talk. But I felt like I was, yeah, I was really challenged. But um, on on the positive um, side, after I, I got out of hospital, I, I um, was, uh, I was, uh, the hospital team helped me find a, a psychologist that I've I've been um, seeing for the last seven years and has been extremely helpful. And um, and I, I would encourage you know those. I know there's um, many people who find it difficult to reach out for help, and um, so I, I'd, I'd really encourage. Um, uh, listeners to to seek out someone that they really gel with and fit with because there are um, you really good professionals out there as well. Mm. Um, yeah, what else uh, would you like me to share? I've I've um, I've, I guess I've experienced I've been admitted to two um, um, public uh, two um, mental health hospitals mm-hmm. um, and um, and that was absolutely needed and. Um, uh, I, I guess there was just not a lot of understanding as to why I was going there, what it was going to be like, and 
um, and so forth. But I can I can say and share now to, to people listening that um, going into hospitals was the best thing um, mm. that could have happened to me to to really stabilise me and have a team of people actually kind of could understand um, what was going on. Um, there are still some improvements in 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 that you know side of mental health, and I've shared a lot of those improvements um, with the, with the hospital that that, that I um, attended. Um, and uh, I think the last thing I'd, I'd really like to share is the um, the services that I was able to um, use with the day program, the outplacement program that I was at with my hospital, because they were they were using what I can see as some world best, world leading um, programs there to help me really um, start to reprogram my my body and my mind again and, and make sense of what has happened mm. and also to teach me a whole lot of skills that I'd really never learnt before up until that point in time. So that I, I spent nearly three years doing that and that was some of the best um, time in the system. So, mm. so yeah. it sounds as though that the formal mental health system gave you some answers but it didn't give you everything. So did you find that you kind of had to go searching um, outside of the system to um, I suppose, find the supports or services or essentially, you know, answers that, that you found you needed? Mm. Yeah, I did. And, and I think um, I think that can be a challenge for um, uh, for some people in, in the mental health system, thinking that everyone in the system has all the answers. And um, for me, that wasn't the case. And I discovered that the, the more I was able to um, listen to myself and what I needed, the better I was able to be at, at reaching out for help outside of the system. And, and that included um, getting involved in some um, health and, and wellbeing programs um, at, at my gym. Uh, it also included um, really learning um, yoga and how yoga can, can really help integrate my body and my mind and help calm down my nervous system. Um, I've learnt a whole lot of different types of, of meditation, um, uh, learning about relationships. I sought some help from um, um, a chi- chiropractic and chiropractic that works on the energy systems and the nervous systems of the body. So it wasn't the crunch crunch; it was the really um, gentle integration of, of, of my um, of my nervous system um, and um, a few other things uh, such as kinesiology massage, um, dancing, um, there's, there's quite a few books that I reached out um, for as well, which um, I'm happy to share also. But, um, hmm. So you've um, been through a lot from what you've described and like you've had so many labels, done so many um, things to try to overcome it inside and outside of the um, mental health system and so what has been your biggest accomplishments in overcoming your mental health issues do you think yeah look I think um, uh, right here and now I think um, for me personally being medication free for um, for a couple of years now is, wow. has been a huge uh, challenge after having as I said just about tasted and and swallowed um, a whole range of, of, of different tablets and um so I think that's that's been huge for me. Um, the, the the second one I would say is is, is I guess um, staying connected to life and and wanting to live and um, and knowing that there's there's something better around the corner, and um, so holding on to that um, to that hope was um, was really important. Um, I 
Um, my, I, I guess my my fitness goals. I've had quite a number of them, from doing my first triathlon to starting to run for the first time, um, to doing long distance cycling events, um, to hiking uh, the Camino de Santiago in Spain, which uh, I've now done uh, three times, and um, that's been a, a huge um, benefit for me, both for my mental health and my physical health. Um, and I, I think. The more invisible one would be like just overcoming the own stick, the stigma that I've placed on myself and what I've learnt in, in from the world that I've grown up in, and and also overcoming the labels and the and the, the shame and 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 stigma that other people have, have um, I guess put on or the community has has ingrained into our into our way of living. Um, yeah, a few other things. Uh, I've done some a lot of um, fundraising over the years as well. I think um, that's my way of giving back to the system and, and helping um, create change um, in the system. And that's has ranged from a whole lot of different organisations, um, the Monash uh, Alfred Psychiatric Research Centre to Beyond Blue to um, um, uh, YSAS, which I, I recently participated in a midnight um, ride for for uh, for disadvantaged youth. So I, that's my way. To me, that's me saying, you know, I I, I want to give back, um, and it's saying that um, I think I'm in a position where I can give back now, which is for me that's a, a huge um, a huge milestone. So um, yeah, and I, I think uh, on an emotional level, just being able to get better at expressing my emotions and being comfortable especially with some of the the more difficult emotions of, of grief and sadness and and fear and anger and rage and and, um, and and being able to be okay with those and knowing that we're all emotional beings and being able to fully express ourselves in a safe way is actually quite powerful um, yeah so it sounds like you've had um like a whole holistic transformation of not just mind and but also body as well. And um, just touching on from some of the answers that you've already told us, but what have been the most important skills learnt from this journey of self-recovery? Yeah, I've, uh, I've been thinking about some of the most important ones and I think I, as I've, I've spent about seven years now um, in, I guess, full-time recovery and so I've picked up quite a, a handful and... Um, for me, I think the biggest one was asking for help and and trusting. Um, that was probably one of the biggest skills that I probably hadn't fully embodied um, and and up at the, to the point of my my breakdown um, or followed through with my breakthrough, as I like to call it. Um, I uh, yeah, that was that was quite big. The second one would have been um, patience and the patience in the, in my recovery. And I think we're living in a very um, a society which is we all want quick answers and we've got to do better and we've got to grow and we've got to achieve and we've got to acquire and and so the idea of just letting that go and having patience um to allow things to unfold and this for me was the most important thing that was going on in my life so i had to give that time and attention as opposed to um to ignoring that um i spoke before about emotional expression but i think that is has been huge um and um i've been learning better and even learning some techniques um at meisner melbourne um, which is an acting uh school to actually learn how to express um, emotion um better and that's i found is helping me in, in in everyday um in everyday life um yoga meditation mindfulness um curiosity 
you know, why did I end up in this point? Um, and why, what can I do to, um, to learn more about myself and get out of, um, the position that, um, that I found myself in. Um, I like to think of a, an ideal week as opposed to an ideal day. So I can spread the things that I like doing over a week as opposed to putting even more pressure on. I've got to do all these amazing well-being things in just one day. So that's been a big learning for me. Um, and, uh, probably self-compassion and, and self-love and, those two aspects have probably been the most challenging for me, always being quite a helper and um, provider for everyone else and putting myself um, last. Um, and, and with that, I think it, I, I learnt the skill of saying no. Um, yeah, those, that word is, is, has been quite powerful, um, saying no to maybe others, but yes to myself. Um, and, um, yeah, if, uh, I think... Um, Allowing, um, knowing that it's okay to fail and make mistakes and, um, and fully, yeah, permitting myself to, to do that now, as well as um, having um, a level of forgiveness for both uh, myself and others. And I found the more that I held on to anger and resentment of, you know, why this has happened to me, the, the, the harder it was to, to overcome my challenges. So, yeah, forgiveness was, was definitely... Um, a big one as well. So I could talk for hours on each one of these areas. So, um, yeah, they're it's all... Truly, yeah. It's truly incredible um, just how far you've you've come and how much personal growth you've actually um, achieved, I suppose, over your, your lifetime. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show, Carlo. Is there... Um, You're welcome. I suppose, do you have any final advice for any of our listeners who may have faced or may be facing some of the challenges that you've um, experienced? Yeah, sure. Look, um, I think uh, try and find the answers to just one question in your life right at this point in time and and not try and solve every single challenge and problem that you have. And it might be um, starting walking again or it might be... I. I need to um, find somewhere to live or it might be I need to make new friends or just try and work on one thing at a time. Um, and, and perhaps if, if your thinking is or it has been, you know, why me? Why has this happened to me? Maybe I'd encourage you to maybe think about, well, why not you? And take ownership and say, yeah, this is me. And, um, and, t- and take the challenge uh, of your life by its horns. Um, I, I would also encourage um, you to seek help and support in at least three friends, and that's people outside of the mental health system. So someone you can be open with and um, and share your um, your pain and your journey, and, and also celebrate some of the wins um, along along the way as well. Um, acceptance of where you are right now, I think, is um, important, and and maybe letting go of that dream ideal future or picture where you think you might have been at this particular point in your life and and know that um, there might be absolutely something totally better down the track and and that's also uh, a possibility um, I, I kind of had mentioned it before but that the aspect of time I really think it is an illusion and um, the more we can just let go and connect with the present and work on yeah what's what's here and now um, the better so um, 
Yeah. Well, thanks yeah. so much, Carla. That was so inspiring. And I think we're all going to go home super duper stoked and inspired now. Um, that's all we have time for, folks. Thanks for listening to Brainwaves on 3CR Community Radio. You can listen to podcasts of our show on brainwaves.org.au or email us at brainwaves at myfellowship.org. Stay tuned for Renegade Economist. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.